Well, today we celebrate Senior Adult Day. Someone told me that there are three stages to life. There is youth, middle age, and then you haven't changed a bit. Well, that's, that's a flattering thought, I suppose, but as I considered it more, I thought, did I really look this old in high school? And maybe so, I'm, I'm not sure. As Dennis has mentioned, the theme for today is living like Christ for others, and our focus is on Philippians chapter 1, verse number 21. However, I believe that if we put it within context, we will understand that verse better. So take your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. We'll begin reading in verse number 12. Paul wrote, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness Christ shall even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul begins by saying to us that the circumstances of life can become chains that bind us. Now, Paul was literally bound. He was under house arrest, and he was shackled to Roman guards, so he was literally bound when he wrote this. He says, however, though that is true, though I am in bondage, that God is going to use my circumstances to spread the gospel even further. Well, as I think of the Apostle Paul being bound when he wrote this, all of us, in truth, are bound in some fashion. For instance, young people are bound by immobility until they get their driver's license, and then they have been set free. But what are those things that bind us as adults and as senior adults? Well, obviously, one of the things is the deterioration of our bodies. As we get older, our bodies deteriorate, and we have some bondage or some limitations as a result of that. Not long ago, my family and I went out to lunch at McAllister's. And while we are there, there is another family that comes in. There's a number of people in the family. I could tell that it was parents and grandparents and grandchildren and so forth. So there were several of them. There was one elderly man 
and he was in a wheelchair, and they very graciously and kindly pushed him up to the table and and uh, took care of him, got his uh, glass and all of that. But they were it was obvious that they were taking care of him. And then one, I assume the daughter, came over and she put a bib around his neck. And I'm sort of watching this, as other members of my family are. My daughter, Stephanie, turned to me and she said, Daddy, I'll never let anybody put a bib on you. Well, my, my first thought was, that is so sweet. My second thought was, why is she thinking of me in those terms? <laughs> As our body deteriorates, then we experience certain limitations. In fact, an interesting passage of Scripture is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I want you to turn there with me if you go to Psalm and then Proverbs and then Ecclesiastes. Solomon is writing, so I want you to look at chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes verses 1 through 4 because here he is describing the aging process or the deterioration of our bodies. Now look at verse number 1 of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun, the light, the moon, and the stars are darkened and clouds return after the rain. In the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and mighty men stoop, the grinding ones stand idle because they are few, and those who look through windows grow dim. And the doors on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low, and one will arise at the sound of the bird, and all the daughters of song will sing softly. Now, within these verses, Solomon is describing what happens to our bodies. And as he does so, he mentions the watchman tremble. That speaks of your hands. As the hands of a person get older, as a person gets older, their hands have a tendency to tremble. That's what he's speaking of. And then he mentions the mighty men stoop. As people get older, they have a tendency, their, their back becomes weaker, they have a tendency to bend over, so they stoop. And then he says, and the grinding ones are idle because they are few, which speaks of teeth. As one gets older, they have fewer teeth. The little girl was fascinated by her grandfather because he could take out his teeth and brush them. And so when she would go and see him, she would always want to see, always want to watch, because she was fascinated. Well, one day she was over at his house, and he went into the bathroom, and she followed him in there, and he took out his teeth and began to brush them, and she watched, and then she said, Papa, can you take off your nose? <laughs> so as we get older, there is the problem with the teeth. They are few. He says, the windows grow dim which speaks of the deterioration of our eyesight. As we get older, our eyesight is not as crisp as it once was, and then the doors are shut, which refers to hearing, that we don't hear as well. And there was an elderly couple having coffee together one morning, and 
As they were drinking their coffee, he was reading the newspaper. He happened to see the date, and when he saw the date, he suddenly realized that it was his wife's birthday. Well, he hadn't gotten anything, but he thought he would buy himself a little bit of time. So uh, he wanted her to know that he knew what the day was. And so he said, "Um, honey, I'm proud of you. She said, well, I'm tired of you, too. So when we get older, we don't hear quite as well as we once did. There was a lady visiting a church, and so she came in, and, and the music portion was good. Everyone enjoyed the music. It was, it was very good. And then the preacher got up to preach, and it was less than stellar. He was just not a great preacher. And so people just dozed off. They were used to him, just like some of you guys, just dozed off whenever he started preaching. Well... At the end of the service, when they were about to be dismissed, the the lady who was visiting was seated next to a fellow who was old and he had been asleep. So he awakened at that time, and so she stuck out her hand to introduce herself. She said, I'm glad it's done. He said, I'm glad he's done too. So. So as we get older, he's talking about what happens to our bodies. And he says that the sound of a bird awakens us, that we don't sleep as soundly as we once did. Now, what are those chains that bind us? Bodily deterioration. As we get older, we're not able to do the things that we once did. And so bodily deterioration. Let me tell you something else that will bind us. And that's when we get stuck in the past. Folks, the truth is... And we have to guard against it. The truth is, our memories of yesterday can bind us for any future. I mean, we begin to think about the way things used to be and how good they used to be as compared to today. That people used to be better. People used to work harder. They used to do all of those things. Here's the problem is that the young people are growing up and they are looking to the future because this is what they have. And so our cynicism then can cause them to pay no attention to us and we are bound as a result of it. So Paul says that circumstances can bind us. He goes on there and says that critics can discourage us. And Paul always had to deal with critics. Look at verse number 17 back in our our text. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. Now, the word ambition there literally means to canvas for office or to get people to support you. In other words, they were proclaiming the gospel for the purpose of getting people to support them against the Apostle Paul. So their proclamation of the gospel then was insincere, it was not their desire to lift up Christ, it was their desire to put down Paul. And so he had these critics. As a matter of fact, Clement, the second century church father, said he believed that Paul was executed due to the jealousy of his Roman critics. This could have been a discouragement to Paul. And that's what they had hoped. They were trying to rally support for themselves, even though they were insincere in the proclamation of the gospel, not to lift up the Lord, but to put down Paul. What is it that discourages senior adults? Now, I thought about that this week. There's a lot of things. Let me tell you my conclusion. 
I believe the thing that most discourages senior adults is low expectations. Because low expectations devalues the other person. And sometimes our expectations are low and the person feels devalued. There was a Peanuts cartoon. Lucy was speaking to Charlie and she said, Charlie Brown, life is a lot like a deck chair. Some place it so they can see where they are going. Others place it so they can see where they have been. And some so they can see where they are. And Charlie said, I can't even get mine unfolded. Well, sometimes whenever it comes to senior adults, we have very low expectations and understand that expectations are powerful. Now, if you look down at verse number 20, Paul said, according to my earnest expectation and hope. Expectations are powerful. In fact, one of the few growing churches in America today is the Mormon church. Now, certainly they would not be growing because of pure theology, but because I believe of expectations. In fact, they say to every Mormon convert, we will require more of you than any church you will ever belong to. See, what we have a tendency to do today is to say, oh, come and be a part of the choir, come and be a part of the church, come and be a part of this, come and be a part of that. Won't, won't take much from you. And as a result of those low expectations, we don't have people who are greatly committed to the cause. Expectations are powerful. For youth, it aggravates me that in our society today they have concluded that young people are not much more than animals who cannot control their desires. And so they are treated that way. I believe that we set high expectations for young people. I know when my kids were growing up, our expectations were high. I expected them to tell me the truth. I expected them to be where they said they were going to be. I expected them to do what they said they were going to do. I expected them to be in church. Folks, I believe that we do a disservice, especially to our young people, when our expectations are low. Raise the expectations. Expect something great from them. Well, that is no less true for senior adults. I know that some people refer to senior adults as being the knife and fork club, that they meet, eat, and beat it. But I'm glad that we expect more from our senior adults than that. We expect them to witness. And, and I know that Dennis is very committed to, to taking our senior adults and challenging them to be witnesses because they have a witness to give. We expect that. We expect them to minister. And so many of our senior adults are involved in ministry. They're over at the soup kitchen. They are involved in the international ministry. They are involved as ushers. They are involved in all of these things, but they are ministers. And then the senior adult choir. I don't know if you know this or not. Our senior adult choir a few months ago did a video that was put on YouTube. I'm ashamed of them too, John. What were you all thinking? Did you know they had over a million hits on that?
that America's Got Talent called and wanted them to come and sing? I mean, that's true. I'm not just saying that. that's true. Now, you applauded, but you know not why. Let me tell you the reason that they did that is because there was a youth program going on and the senior adults did this music video to teach a lesson in that youth program that was going on. And there was a bonding that took place between our youth and our senior adults that probably would not have taken place otherwise. There's so much that we can do, and there's so much that regardless if you're a child, if you're a young person or a senior adult, but we need to have high expectations. Critics can criticize and discourage, but high expectations can stretch us. Then Paul goes on and talks about the confidence that motivates us. He believed that he would exalt Christ whether he lived or died. Look at verse number 20b. He said, Christ shall even now as always be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Exalted means to make great. It means to make conspicuous. See, Paul, Paul was like a telescope that brought Jesus near. Billy Graham did. I remember when I met Billy Graham the first time, I thought I was in the presence of Jesus. Now, I know that I wasn't, but he, he brought Jesus near. Paul was like that. He was like a telescope that brought Jesus near. He was like a microscope that made him bigger. That's what John Bassanio was to me. He, he caused Jesus to become bigger in my life as I was around him. Paul said, even though I am in prison, I am confident about the future. If I remain, look at verse number 22. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Paul said, if I live, if I continue in life, I'm going to continue sharing the gospel. And then he goes on to say to them, if he does so, that he would watch their progress and watch them experience the joy of Christ. So he was positive. He said, if I live, he said, I'm going to keep on preaching the gospel. And I'm going to see you make progress. But he also had confidence if he departed in verse number 23. He said, but I am hard pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. The word depart is an interesting word because of its usage. It is a military word. It was used by the army to mean to take down the tent and move forward. And so Paul said, uh, if I depart... Then my body lays down and my spirit goes up. It was a word that was used by the Navy to mean to loosen a ship and set sail. Paul says that if I depart, I will raise the anchor and go to God. It was a political word that meant to set free a prisoner. Paul says if I depart, then I am released from the constraints that presently bind me. It was a farming word that meant to unyoke the oxen. Paul says, if I depart, then I am unyoked, and I go into the rest of God. One of the things I like about the Apostle Paul was his confidence. In fact, he had such tremendous confidence, he was often seen as being arrogant. But his confidence was in Jesus. And he said, I have confidence that if I remain, I will continue to lift up Jesus, and it will impact your life. If I die, I'm still confident. I'm simply going into the presence of God. Then he talks about the conduct that honors Christ. 
He talks about standards in verse 27, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You know, the world has its standard as to what is acceptable. It's success. And if you have a sports team, if they win, then they are successful. If you're a business person and you make money, then you're successful, so forth. The standard of the world is to fit in. It is approval of the world. That's the reason that Miss California USA got in so much trouble, because she didn't fit in with the standards of the world. And so she was rejected as a result of it. God's standard is that we be like Christ for others. You see, we're not, folks, we're not to, listen, we are not to be a reflection of the world. Now listen, Philippi was a Roman colony. And the citizens of Philippi were to be a reflection of Rome because it was a Roman colony. Paul is saying that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Therefore, we are to be a reflection of the king. The church, those who know Jesus, is not supposed to be like the world. And too often, we want to look just like the world, walk just like the world, smell just like the world, be like the world when the Bible says we are to be like Jesus. That is the standard. We are to be like Jesus. Then he goes on in verse number 27 and says, standing firm in one spirit with one mind. We stand with one spirit, whether you're young or old, same spirit. One mind, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1.10, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and there be no division among you, but you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. We stand in one spirit and one mind. And then he goes on striving together. The word striving that is used is our word athletics. And it speaks of teamwork. We are to be a team playing uh, on the same team here. We are, we are to strive together in prayer. Listen, striving together, being a team in prayer. The Bible says in Romans 15, 30, Now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. I would imagine that you read uh, in your bulletin this morning, Prayers, Our Declaration of Dependence, E.M. Bounds. No insistence in the Scriptures is more pressing than prayer. No exhortation is more often reiterated and so forth. Folks, as the people of God, we are to strive together in prayer. Are you praying? Are you praying about everything? Strive together in prayer. Strive together against sin. In Hebrews 12:4, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. We are to strive together against sin, young or old. Strive together against sin. Strive together in prayer. Strive together in the faith. That is the conduct that honors Christ, living like Christ for others. And then finally, to live like Christ for others requires courage. Because Satan intimidates us through threats. I've read through the New Testament many times, as have most of you probably. And the way the disciples were threatened. 
when they were told not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus in Acts 4.21, and when they had threatened them further, they let them go. There were constant threats to the disciples. These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Constant threats against them. There's a lot of threats against the believer today, is there not? A lot of threats that the church has to deal with today, the ACLU, the the government, the IRS, and so we're we're threatened all the time with those things. And therefore it takes courage. And it is going to take courage if we're going to stand up for Christ and make a difference in our world. From our young people and from our senior adults. If we are going to make a difference in this world, it is going to require courage that comes from God. Paul says your circumstances can be used of God to further the gospel, whatever your circumstances are. He says that we overcome critics with high expectations. We should expect a lot from each other. He said confidence in Christ, whether you live or die, have confidence in Christ. Conduct yourselves in such a way to exalt the Lord Jesus, to lift him up. Be courageous to overcome the threats of life. That's what it means to live like Christ for others. Our Father, we come to a time of invitation. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit might speak to hearts today, especially I would pray for those who have never committed their lives to Jesus that they would. I pray, Father, for believers who need to be encouraged who need to commit themselves afresh to you, that they would do so. Bless this time, we ask, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, in just a moment, we're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. The choir will sing. But my friend, if you're here without Jesus today, you would commit your life to him. Let me encourage you to come. There'll be staff members here to receive you. If you're looking for a church home, our doors open to you. I encourage you to come. Would you be obedient to the Lord? Stand with me, please, as we stand together. The choir sings as they sing. You come, I'll greet you as you do.